Welcome back to another episode of Agni Rising. I'm Natasha Rachel of Holistic Herbal Wisdom. And I'm Kiran Kaur of Lunar Kind. Two sisters inspired to come together to share the wisdom of astrology, Ayurveda and self-discovery, cultivating a connection with the self. Welcome to season two of the Agni Rising podcast. We're really excited to be sharing some new topics with you this season. And I think through conversation and reflection on our last season, where we kind of shared a lot of nurturing practices and tools and things that you can do to really engage with yourself and your intuition and also what's happening seasonally and with the energies of of the world. We decided to kind of go into ourselves a little bit more and talk a bit more about self-worth, self-care and self-image. So this episode is all about how we nurture connection to the self, a bit about self-inquiry and how we support that connection and how we nurture that connection so that we kind of understand through the ebbs and flows how to respond and how to take care of ourselves. And we're recording this during Mercury retrograde and so Mercury will go direct on the 2nd of June so we don't have that long left. However, If you're familiar with retrogrades, there's always a shadow period afterwards, which can go up to two plus weeks. So we'll still be in this retrograde energy and we can still experience some of the bumps and difficulties that we do experience during retrograde. And so what I want the focus to be on is the pressure that comes with this time. I feel like loads of people feel limited with what they can do. It's a bit panic, a bit of a panic with like traveling, signing contracts, initiating things. So I think people feel quite stagnant during Mercury retrograde. And so I really want to talk about how we can use this energy to actually flow and continue forward. And to use this time as an introspective period to focus on your healing. This isn't a period to fear or reason to stop doing things. And what's more interesting is that we're going to dive into the sign of Taurus because this is where the sun and Mercury are going to sit for quite a while. So we're going to work with the energy of Taurus as a guidance to support and redefine perceptions. And when we think about Ayurveda as a life science, it's all about sharing wisdom and education. And we share this so that people are not reliant on someone else. We're not reliant on an external force to show us how to be balanced. We teach individuals to utilize tools so that they build their intuition. And that also intertwines with the Vedic philosophy, talking about life paths and desires, um, all about self-inquiry and understanding what it is that you want out of life and how you can make the changes to achieve those things. And so with Mercury retrograde, you're probably used to hearing a lot of don'ts and cautions during this period and what to avoid. But it's a really great time to slow down during this period. If you think about it, if we're going to have issues with communication, things going, um, technology stop working, issues with finances, all those big things, it's a good point to stop and really pause and reassess what's going on in your life. And I think this is really helpful for people who are kind of stuck on the wheel, who find it hard to give themselves a break or really hard on themselves when they make time for rest and relaxation. So this period almost forces you into this state of um, pause. And so that's what I really want to invite everyone to utilize during this time rather than focusing on what you cannot do or being worried about what you should and should not do. So Mercury is retrograde until the 2nd second or 3rd of June. So we don't have a lot of time left. But as I said in the intro, we do have this shadow period of about two weeks plus where we can still feel the remnants of this energy. 
And this is taking place in the sign of Taurus. And so the sun is also in Taurus with Mercury. And this is going to be there until um, 15th of June. So we've really got a bit of time to utilize this energy. So let's connect into what Taurus means, the significations. You know, we've got this energy of stability, you know, comforts, your everyday creature comforts, focusing on pleasure. Tauruses are a reliable sign. They're very determined and hardworking. So, you know, we can really draw sustenance from this. And what I want to emphasize is Taurus in the natural zodiac is the second house. So we have this connection to our voice. So this is a really good time to do some self-healing on these areas, right? And Taurus is an earth sign, right? So what does that mean for this period? Yeah, so that's really helpful because it invites you to ground down and root. And with Mercury retrograde, we can feel quite spaced out, our thoughts all over the place, not being able to concentrate. So focusing on grounding and rooting um, and spending some time outdoors and in nature is really helpful. What's more interesting is that Taurus is a fixed sign, meaning it doesn't budge as well. So that's where kind of that stubbornness comes from. So if you think about certain areas of life you can really focus in on right now, you're going to be more drawn to working on them because you won't budge. So where does the pleasure aspect come from? You talked about pleasure earlier, and I think that's really interesting. So pleasure comes under the domain of Venus. And so let's also focus on Venus a bit here because it does rule Taurus. So what are some of the attributes of Venus? Sensuality, beauty, adornment, our money, our assets, pleasure and love, um, how we receive affection, how we like to give affection. There's this idea of harmony when it comes to Venus, what calms us, our creativity and this sense of pleasure as well. And so in relation to self-care and self-worth, how do the energies that you've talked about, how do they align? How do they translate? Mm. Yeah, that's a really good point, because what I'm trying to say is that this is the perfect time to focus on these. Because if you think about the essence of Taurus and Venus, the, the attributes I mentioned, they set the space for us to get into these themes of our self-image and working with that in a positive way. Um, speaking our truth is part of our self-worth and self-esteem and self-care. I think often these days, like with social media and stuff, it gets glamorized as like mm -hmm. a lot of time like having a nice bath and things like that and there's so much more to it like mm -hmm. the inner work that we need to do like uh, of course we need to do the things that make us feel good like you know having a nice bath relaxation beauty and pampering mm -hmm. but we want to go deeper into what those things mean because beauty and pampering isn't just what's on the surface yeah it's like We've almost seen in, in terms of social media and the way sometimes it gets translated to people, this self-indulgence rather than self-care. Mm. And I think there can be a fine line between that. The self-care is what do I need? Or how can I check in with myself? It doesn't mean we we remove anything like discipline mm. and things out of the window. Yeah. Um, and often I think when you see imagery and, and rituals where people go eating loads of, of luxurious food or um, going on a... Um, a night out which is like we have to find the balance I mm. think yeah and I think that comes ties in really nicely into this idea I wanted to talk about of indulgence and opulence mm. because those are key factors to do with Venus and Taurus like you know mm. we can with Taurus with any energy there's like excess energy and low vibrations right mm -hmm. so when things are in excess we like to overindulge for example mm -hmm. or be over focused on opulence but then there is the healthy version of that um, mm. 
And I think that's really important because I think people associate the idea of indulgence and opulence as something really grand yeah. and maybe for some people unreachable, unattainable because mm. of what the image looks like in yeah. society for that, right? And also then I think people have put indulgence is a bad word like oh yeah. you don't want to overindulge it's like this yeah. over thing yeah but it doesn't need to be like that and that's what I want to bring into this space for us to focus on now if you think about the gunas in Vedic philosophy these this kind of indulgence is related to rajasic mm. energy right and yes there are elements where rajasic um, richness in foods uh, and and activities are becoming detrimental to us we we can become jealous we can become gluttonous we can yeah. become all of these things so once again it's like how am I looking after myself by using them and then knowing when okay they're being overused yeah yeah and I think shame plays a part in this yeah people get shamed if they're doing something that that looks indulgent or really enjoying themselves like and it's almost people projecting their own issues with actually mm -hmm. tapping into that and enjoying that mm -hmm. onto other people and mm -hmm. bring that something shameful. So we want to bring it back into this space, reclaim it um, as something that is should be used. For us, right? So yeah. essentially you are the the individual that that figures that out for yourself mm. and it may be a, a rocky path of overindulging not looking after yourself enough before you figure out how it looks like for you but anyone that looks at, inward or sorry from the outside into you or looks at what you're doing doesn't really have an understanding of what you experience mm. so I guess one of our main messages from this is building your intuition and your understanding of your experience and seeing what works for you yeah one thing that ties into this nicely is money and as I mentioned Venus also rules money and assets and there's a connection to Taurus here so that's why during re Mercury retrograde period you want to focus on them as in assessing them your relationship with money unhelpful beliefs and things like that and it's not a time to spend and so like I talked about introspection we want to re like we said we want to reframe these ideas and ideals so let's talk about money and indulgence and we think oh if you know, frivolous spends or spending on outside things. Let's flip that around. Spend money and invest, investing money in yourself. Hmm. Spending money and investing in your self-worth. So what does that look like? That can look like, you know, um, treating yourself. If there's a course you've been wanting to do or you want to treat yourself to healing, those kinds of things, right? So more like a long-term investment rather than a quick spend on something that will deal with something in the moment it's a bit like uh, the way in which we heal uh, physical symptoms these days mm. or sicknesses we, do, we we go for like the the immediate fix whereas you're yeah. saying use your money not to spend on this one evening to enjoy yourself but maybe but there's nothing about, wrong with that as well. there's nothing wrong yeah. with that but but what you can do is think about how you can invest in yourself to broaden yourself whether it's education whether it's um elevation increasing your living standards by adding something to your room something a bit more long term i think the factor the main thing for me here is feel good yeah if it makes you feel good and you are investing in yourself because nothing can beat that feeling mm -hmm. and what comes from that as a ripple effect right yeah, yeah. recently i was in a space of you know we've been dealing with a lot of grief at the moment and i was just looking for a sign of like what to do and asking you know messages from spirit and i pulled the indulgence card and mm. it was like okay invest in that thing that you know is going to help you and support mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. and um 
I really put myself in this container which was focused on self-care and self-expression through creation, mm. through your voice. And that for me is, a, you know, a long-term investment on myself in the sense that that's going to support me for years to come. It's going to support me now. Mm-hmm. It's allowing me to express myself mm-hmm. and um, really feel what I'm feeling with grief and not push things down. Mm-hmm. And that's an act of self-care, yeah. self-love and self-image because... I'm seeing myself in this new light, Mm -hmm. in a sense. So let's go deeper now to these attributes. I want to touch on this idea of sensuality, adornment and beauty. And earlier we were talking about it being beyond, you know, um, aesthetics and what we look like and how we dress, which is obviously a key part too. So, you know, I'm not saying that isn't something that we should not focus on, but we want to go deeper today. And so we want to talk about this in conjunction of nurturing self-image, how we think about ourselves, how we feel in our bodies, right? How we feel when we look at ourselves Mm. and really talk and share some practices that are going to support this. Mm. So um, one thing I wanted to bring up is um, mirror work. Mm -hmm. And that is this idea of sitting in front of a mirror and connecting to this person, this reflection of yourself, who you see, Mm -hmm. and being in that space to... Um, give some self-compassion yeah some positive affirmations mm. right um you know instead of saying stuff like um i am or i feel less worthless mm. you would say i am worthy for example mm. right it's not focusing on i am the not but yeah. focusing on the i am i am statements are really powerful yeah. like i begin the day just saying i am i am i am three times mm. and it really it makes a difference. I think also we live in a society where we're always told what we aren't or how we should be different. And this is almost completely subverting the constant narrative. And it's really powerful. Like we know from modern science that our brains are neuroplastic. So the more and more we hear something, the more and more we're around or experience something, the more we begin to believe it. I mean, personally for myself, um, I struggle with body dysmorphia and often Mm. I can be really critical of the way I look no matter how much I eat well and I exercise it's Mm. more of my mind telling me a narrative that I've learned from so many years of conditioning Conditioning, what I see and I I started to notice when I spoke of others really nicely so if I see someone walking down the street and I think they're wearing something Mm. wonderful or they're glowing I will just take a mental note and go oh they look wonderful today and I noticed that in noticing those bits about them I started to do the same for myself essentially in yourself yeah exactly it's like when they say what you say about people what you think about people is a reflection of how you're feeling it definitely is Mm. a a direct impact um it definitely is something that works for me and also like with mirror work it's almost doing the same without the mirror i am seeing Mm. somebody and i see something that is really making them internally feel good and it just comes out externally that i'm like i acknowledge it and therefore i start to see those things in myself yeah that's really powerful Mm. And something else I'd like to share with you is the power of mudra work and working with certain mudras to support this kind of building up of yourself and this connection to yourself, your beauty. And one I wanted to share with you is called Vajra Pradhamma Mudra. And this is a really lovely expression. It's known as the gesture of unshakable trust. And it also helps with depression. And so this is really supporting like, you know, Enhancing your self-trust, that connection back to your body, your inner confidence, really increasing your energy and how you feel good in yourself. 
and um, your sensitivity to your heart. We're opening the Anahata Chakra here. We're opening the heart space. So I do invite you to hold this mudra. I will just quickly direct you through this practice. Mm -hmm. um, so you want to begin by holding the palms one hand's width away from the chest facing your body. Open the fingers and interlace them through the middle digits. Left finger on the bottom. And if you can extend the thumb upwards and then angle the finger slightly upwards. So you're creating a small space between the webbing of the fingers. So slightly diagonal and then relax and roll down the shoulders, elbows slightly away from the body and spine neutral if that feels comfortable. And this is more about, you know, taking some breaths here and going into meditation if that feels comfortable and holding this beautiful mudra relaxing into it and allow your fingers you know if you can hold them out want to hold them out straight that's fine but it's more about the connection of what feels comfortable for you and so this is really you know supportive for the heart center the voice and this is a mudra you can hold you know you can practice during the day or evening it's like on the middle of the scale it's slightly activating but not too activating that you can't do this before bed and, you know, whilst you're practicing, I invite you to set a intention that is connected to opening your heart space and honoring your love to yourself and your body. And this is a practice that you can do at your, in your own time whenever you feel called to as well. Another practice connected to, you know, adornment is creating an altar, an altar for yourself. There's power in self-worship and connecting to your essence of who you are and celebrating that as well. And journaling with this is really powerful too. And so what we're going to get into during part two of this podcast is looking at this concept astrologically. So we're going to be looking into your Venus placements and um, the Venus signs and I'll be going through that in the next one because Venus allows us by placement and sign to understand how we love to be loved how we adorn ourselves, how we treat ourselves and pamper ourselves. So if you begin to notice by looking at your own birth chart through the um, sign and the house, you can actually actively go and do those things because you know that's what speaks to you. I think working energetically, there are some things that I really like to do that could be of use and a practice to you. Maybe um, working with the sacral chakra, especially as it is the seat of desire and pleasure and it, it really governs all of those energetics and and feelings so I often like to use sacral chakra frequencies which I tend to find on YouTube um binaural beats yes mm -hmm. binaural beats that really help open these areas and I particularly find all of those useful when I'm working on a specific chakra mm. um in particular with the sacral chakra because it's surrounded around our hip opening areas um I really really like to do some free flow movement and dancing it could mm. be yogic poses it could be um, like movement, uh, like just swaying. It could just be lying on the floor and noticing what happens when you start to move your hips, mm. especially if you're someone that's really working on opening that area and hasn't really had much connection. It can really be quite releasing and freeing. Oftentimes it can be quite emotional. You know, you might feel something quite convulsed, like some convulsions. It might yeah. be quite powerful. 
in that respect. Um, Feeling your emotions um, through your body. Exactly. Especially we all have a lot of, maybe depending on what cultures we come from, there's a lot of repression of certain desires and pleasure that we keep talking about, which I think is very important. And this is a way for us to connect and maybe release. And it might not be our own. It might be ancestral. It could mm. be our parents. And it, I think it's really up to us to, to in order to allow ourselves to feel pleasure and happiness yeah. and joy and our sexuality whatever that is for you and remove that doubt and fear from accessing the space yeah. um whether you do like to just do a yoga sequence the goddess poses there's a lot of poses that really help hip opening poses sitting in malasana all of these areas that start to open the hip joints open the lower back open the area uh, that sits just below the navel. I feel like relaxed just as you naming them and I'm just like imagining mm. doing all of them as well. <laughs> and you know what? It's simply just bringing your awareness to that area just through even me stating the, the spaces, yeah, right? Definitely. That that often has that effect. Mm. Um, and when we talk about this kind of self-ritual practices and self-care, with Ayurveda, we can also do this through foods. We can do this through nourishing foods specifically. And the way in which that I like to think about how we give to ourselves. We think about bulk. We think about the reproductive organs. Once again, the same chakra is being activated. But in a more gross level, the kapha uh, dosha is the one that governs all of this when it comes to our tissues, when it comes to maybe things like fat and, and uh, muscles and um, reproductive fluids all of this gets built with nourishing foods and there are specific foods that help with this they mm. often tend to be our rich foods once again there are jasic element coming back so could we actually incorporate these foods into the ritual process into our connection like the practices we were talking about yeah so definitely i think especially if you come from an indian culture or you're following any kind of vedic philosophy in life uh, we use a lot of milks and ghees and this is because they are very rich they're very dense and they tend to be really good lubricators they tend to really help spices pass through in our bodies more optimally getting more of their active natures inside can it enlivens the senses as well which exactly, is yeah. very venusian as we were talking about mm -hmm. before yeah sensory perception is a massive way to kind of nourish yourself mm. slowing things down as the kapha does uh bringing things in being a bit more heavy being a bit more slow being a bit more meticulous being a bit more grounded all of these things can happen when we entertain this through what we put into our body and that would be through foods, a lot of root vegetables, a lot of cooked warm foods, nourishing foods. In in the East, especially in China, they often have pearl barley and a juki bean and, mm. and really rich. They're not necessarily heavy. They're Sounds actually, lovely. exactly, they are really damp producing, but they're so nourishing because they're full of protein and yeah. full of um, whole grains these kinds of foods specifically so how can can you share a bit about like um our environment mm. and like this you know a lot of uh, people are in environments that they cannot change and it's very mm -hmm. difficult then to be able to thrive in those spaces and so how can you know in those spaces how can we choose to engage with certain things yeah and, 
if you can talk a bit about that. So our environments are really important and as much as we understand or that that maybe some of us don't have so much control over what we have as an environment, mm. it's your internal environment that you can nurture and that can also spread outwards. So setting some boundaries mm. as to having certain spaces for certain things and protecting those spaces. Yeah, There's nothing wrong with you being very maternal um, around what is yours and this is not possessive, this is care. This is taking care of yourself once again there are certain things that we can choose to engage in that either dull or strengthen us Mm. and that is also inclusive of our environment where we choose to spend time who we choose to spend time with yeah it's often who we give our energy to exactly some people we've got this idea of or understanding that we we feel bad when we don't engage with certain people or go and do certain things but really that is just a form of you understanding that it's not what you can give at that point in time Mm -hmm. and your energy is required elsewhere it is required on yourself on like you said adorning and beautifying your spaces flowers are a really big part of bringing good energy and love and and pleasure into your your room into your bedroom into your garden having the blooms the blossoms it actually reminds you of that reproductive sacral energy looking at them simply taking in the colors and things really help to uplift the Mm. spirit Really help you to take in, exactly. And once again, you're using all your sensory perceptions to be exchanging energy with that flower, for example. Um, So thinking about how we can do this, maybe looking more internally and using our intuition to breathe into something. If something feels off to you, connect with it. Bring all your awareness to it and see exactly what it is doing. Is it making you feel better? Is it making you feel strong is it making you feel loved is it making you feel down is it making you feel empty and that is a another way to engage with maybe changing your space mm. a bit like this kind of Marie Kondo element of um uh, sparking, sparking joy. joy right you look at your things and you look at your space and there's nothing wrong with deciding ah this isn't working for me anymore I need I need something to move and change and it's not often internal the external change will spark an internal change I really like that you shared that because what you're talking about here is the noticing Mm. we're not focusing on the action Mm -hmm. just the power of noticing and i think we don't spend people don't spend long enough on that Mm. and just like bringing it back to retrograde period where we don't want to take actions and i was talking about introspection Mm -hmm. it's about noticing Mm -hmm. this is the time to notice and gather and see okay this is an alignment or that and then when we're in the area to act Mm. so i really like how you're bringing that focus on spending the time of noticing and honoring and noticing is how we build intuition. Yeah. Intuition is built on our perception and our feeling. We're perceiving, but how is that making us feel physiologically, mentally, mm. energetically? And as we take that information, we start to build this strong relationship with ourselves that makes it very easy for us to say yes and no to things. Yeah. Where previously we may waver, we may think about what others might think, what we think Second we should guess do. yourself. Exactly. This is strengthening this and this is a self-care because... The more you practice this, the easier it becomes to to make decisions without feeling any kind of shame or remorse and really, really get to that pleasure aspect. I think one of the great things about this particular episode is I really love how we're focusing on pleasure because Mm. there is so much shame and 
so yeah. many opinions around our own pleasure and what that looks like, what it should feel like, uh, whether it's sexually, whether it's daily, whether it's just happiness. Cult, like you're saying, culturally and yeah. this connection to our ancestors. So we're going to be exploring that even deeper in exactly. part two. Yeah. And I think that's a great way to talk about some of the things that I want to share in part two. Um, this idea of, of noticing. So maybe that can be something you take time to do for this after this mm. podcast after listening and and maybe in the next one you want to think about what information you've gathered and I want to talk a bit more about noticing the balancing of your elements so this is more related yeah. to energies but also Ayurvedically we work with the elements and balancing the elements is a big part of balancing yourself mm. so Taurus is related to earth are you grounded? Do you feel like you have earth? Or are you more etheric? Are you feeling like your mind is up in the air? You're you're waving from one thought to the next. Mm. And that is balancing Venus is um, connected to water. There we go. So actually, uh, the earth and water. Think about bodily fluids as mm -hmm. well. They are all about pleasure and kapha energy and building tissues and nurturing. And then being aware of, of temperatures in the body, in the air, uh, thinking about building and depleting energetics and what around you enhances or reduces those. And then I guess the main part of it is giving you those tools to after after that you've maybe tried to work with them and understand them mm. and see how they feel for you. What is that information going to do? How are you going to translate that into giving yourself a fulfilled life and feeling feeling self-nourishment? Yeah thank you so much for joining us for this first episode of the second season of the Agni Rising podcast. We really hope that you've found some things in this particular episode that have sparked you to want to try new things and maybe just take in a bit more and understand where you sit on the line of self-care, self-nourishment and self-love. We hope that you'll join us for part two of this podcast where we'll be delving deeper into some of the things we talked about today. I've been Natasha Rachel of Holistic Herbal Wisdom and you can book your discovery call with me by checking out my links below. And I've been Kieran Court of Luna Kind. You can get in touch with me and book in for one-to-one -one astrology reading, healing sessions and all my info is also in the show notes. We look forward to seeing you on the next one.